0: open the word and see what's there you know what guys you're gonna kill me i forgot to hit record after the prayer <laughs> 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 oh no we've got, we've got nothing we've got nothing we've
1: got a good start though. Well, we've yeah, got a- we do.
0: welcome to restore gospel podcast Hello and welcome back. I'm Mike Barrett. I'm Corey Stark. We are two friends having casual conversation about the things of eternity. And we welcome you into that conversation. Today, we are actually three friends. We have a first here at the Cottage Studios. We have Corey and I with another guest all at the same time. So we would like to welcome our
2: friend, Caleb. Caleb, introduce yourself and say hi. Uh, Hello and (laughs) thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Even though I must admit I'm a little nervous, you know, being on a podcast and getting put on the internet—that's—that's that's new for me.
0: Well, yes, well, we, we needed a scapegoat, so we thought we'd get a third person in here, so in case things go south. <laughs> we, we've been trying,
1: and you're you're just the one stupid enough to finally, to finally every, accept. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. yeah okay, yeah. okay,
2: so, good, good. I'll be the first sacrifice. Honor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's okay.
0: That's no, uh, Caleb, um, tell us where. Okay, so I go to church with your mom and dad, and and used to be with you, and then you. Uh, graduated, moved out to California. Tell us what you do out in California. You've been working out there. Uh,
2: so I work for the Navy and I actually get to test, um, explosives, propellants and stuff like that. Uh, you know, get different material properties and, um, make sure that things are working the way they're supposed to be.
0: Is that a is that a fun job? It's almost a stupid question. This has got to be a blast! <laughs> blast. <laughs> oh,
1: you're good for you, my <laughs> That's nice. <laughs>
2: so you know, with every job, there's good and bad that come with it. But I like the I like the fact that I have probably more fun than there's more good than bad. Let's right, put it that way. Okay. So, yeah, I, I do. I really enjoy working out there, and it's it's challenging. You know, it a lot of problems, a lot of tough problems that we try and solve, and uh, I work with a great team and people that are very knowledgeable, so it's it's very educational and and rewarding work. So,
0: you um, you came up to me this morning at church. Uh, you're back for the holidays, Thanksgiving coming up, yep. and um, said that you had appreciated the podcast. You were you had been listening to them out in California, which is awesome. I love the fact that we can sit down here in the basement and communicate and and with people from all across the country in the world, for that matter. Um, but one thing you said, and I think this is just great and uh, no need to be nervous. Corey and I always say we were just two friends talking about the things we love to talk about eternity and eternal life and what's going to happen when we die and Jesus Christ. So we're just going to talk. And I thought that this would be a great way. Actually, it was Corey's idea. Why don't we just record a podcast today? So this was very spontaneous. We it, It came about in about five minutes. We were at church and I said, why don't I call Corey? We'll see if we can get together today. And uh, Corey said, "Why don't we record it?" Yeah, and so put it all on tape. What's yeah. uh, so Caleb? What Thanks, I Corey. yeah, uh, you're
1: welcome, Caleb.
0: <laughs> the way yeah. I see things, Caleb, if you're sitting in California, we don't we didn't have any idea you're sitting in California and you're listening. What you specifically, the episodes on Eternal Life was what you mentioned today, correct? And um, you brought up how these have helped you see some things, and how it's been a, a, a great benefit to you. How many other people are wondering the same thing? That's why we want to record this today. And I very am thankful. I'm serious about you being vulnerable and willing to admit, you know, your thought process, where you've been, and where you're at now. Because I really think this is a way to help other people in conversation because it makes it real. Sure, Corey and I are down here not just to have theology discussions, and then we're really down here because this impacts us in our everyday life, and it's a part of who we are. And so those are the things we talk about. How many other people out there uh, have the same questions? And so you said, just share with us, with our listeners, why you had a question about the traditional restoration, RODS teaching of the glories in yeah. section 76 and, and where we go when we die for all eternity. So tell us about that.
2: So I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, uh I, I did mention about being vulnerable this morning and you know, being an engineer and logical thinking and mm-hmm. um you know, I, I got used to thinking outside the box, not being outside the box, <laughs> right? right? And and I'm an know, artist
0: in this room with two engineers, yeah. so <laughs> I'm way
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah so I'm way out of
2: my league, so <laughs> it's definitely it's different and in the last couple of months, you know, doing a lot of thinking and I, I work with um um the, the Bible study slash small groups that we have out in California. And uh, a lot of that is, is opened my mind into becoming more vulnerable just because, you know, it's in our vulnerabilities that we realize that God makes us strong and that, um, that's where Mm. we can step out and, um, make an easy testimony of, you know, it's, it's not me, it's, it's God working through me because I, I don't have this ability. It's, it's just a weakness that I'm gonna try and embrace, and 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 I'm praying that God fills in the rest, right? Because uh, yeah. it, hopefully allowing Him to move through me, I'm gonna step out so that He can work through me because I want God to work through me, right? And so, um, yeah, that's that's never easy, no. <laughs> come to find out. So it's it's always nerve wracking.
0: Mm. It is. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We do. <laughs> we do,
2: and maybe unnecessarily, but
0: because we're not. We're not impressing God or surprising God. It's all about our own feelings and how we factor into other people and how they feel about us and wondering. So yeah, that's always present. Correct. Right? But good for you for being willing to do that. So you found some people in California you're able to worship with, study yeah, with? Yeah,
2: um, that's actually another small testimony that uh, I could share is, yeah. um, you know, Growing up in Missouri for the first twenty-eight years of my life, it didn't matter if I was you know, living at home or if I was um, going down to school at Rolla, uh, which is where I graduated, and then moving out to California or taking some internships in Joplin and doing internships across the country. Um, God had blessed me, you know, no matter where I went, that I could find a group of like-minded believers to um, worship with and grow spiritually with and, and bring me closer to Him and every every journey that I've been on has broadened my mind in some way, shape or form. Mm. And so I, I truly do appreciate the the ability of God to just, you know, know what we need and provide that for us. You know? So Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. But yeah, I I do. I um uh, I end up going to um RCA, which is uh uh, an Assembly of God Church most mm-hmm. of the time, and so I help them out doing uh, live stream services for them and running their soundboards there. Oh wow! And okay. Yeah, yeah, and so Yeah, just slide over and help. Yeah. But definitely knows more about that than I do.
1: You know, and and just uh, not to uh, divulge anything because I know you uh, have a, a high level position with security stuff. So, but you you are out in the desert, right? It's not like yes. you're in the middle of Independence. <laughs> no, not not at yeah, all. Right. I live
2: in a town of about thirty thousand people. And it is smack dab in the middle of the desert. It's considered high desert. We're about 2,200 feet. And there's a lot of um, tumbleweeds that blow around out there. And we are surrounded by mountains, which is, makes it nice. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We're about, I like to say, three hours from everything. I can be in three hours. I can be skiing up in Mammoth or three hours out at the ocean. Or I could go three hours south to LA. I could go three and a half hours to San Diego or three and a half hours over to Vegas. And, <laughs> you are. And I'm, yeah, we're what? just... Kind of smack it dab there.
0: What's it? Uh, what's the weather like at nighttime? Does it get cool? It does. In the
2: evening? Yeah, so being in the high desert, the temperature fluctuation is large. Um, in the wintertime, we're usually somewhere between 60 and 70 degrees during the day, and then it'll go below freezing at night. Okay. And then in the summertime, we'll be, you know, if it's a bad summer, we can have up to 120 degrees during the day, mm. and then it'll go down to... You know, maybe 100, 110 at night. Oh, yeah. that's oh, not as cool as I was thinking. <laughs> no, no. Wow. wow. It stays it, hot. Is,
0: well, I kind of picture today's uh, program is like a cross between Stories of the Saints and our regular Restore Gospel podcast. I wanted to get your story um, interacting with the podcast and also your story. Basically, the most exciting thing to me is to find another person who, was letting the scriptures speak to himself, speak to him, and questioning um, current understanding of those scriptures, and so that's exciting to me.
2: So I just find it's important to remain open minded. You know, I may think I've got what the right answer is, uh-huh. but I don't lock that in and say that's the only answer. I'm done. I don't have to look anymore. It's it's always just remain open minded and and take everything that people say with you know a new a new look at things and be like okay yeah. well how does that relate to how i understand this and do i need to adapt how i understand it or do i need to talk with them and maybe they need to adapt a little you know it's just being open minded and willing to share with everybody and and just coming at it in a spirit of love because you know if it's not in a spirit of love then we're in the wrong
0: Corey and I addressed that a couple of episodes ago about if, if you're coming at me and trying to persuade me and you're getting angry and everything, then I have to say, check your testimony because God's, when God shows us something, it's usually with an increased sense of peace and love as we reach out to other people. And so if I'm getting more angry with people, well, was that really God showing me what I needed to know? Or Yeah. 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 Well, tell people your background. This uh, is part of your story. Your mom and dad are... You want to share who they are, and you were
2: raised in the church, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, I was, uh, let's see, as far back as I can remember, we went to Parkview Church, which is where Mm. you would go, Corey, right? Yeah, so um, uh, I was raised in the church there, and um, at some point, they uh, switched church. Uh, Actually, right right about the time I got baptized, around 10 years old, um, we switched over to Colburn Road, and um, I've been there ever since. Um, and your mom and dad are Lynn and sugar. Yes, yeah, sorry, they're, they're yes. Uh, active in the Book of Mormon Foundation. Yeah, they're the directors of the Book of Mormon Foundation. So and
0: they they've done a lot of work with a lot of youth, which has impacted oh yeah. a lot of lives. Yeah, for and sure. Take a trip down to Central America every other year yep. with a group. Yeah, of, they go
2: down to Belize and they yeah. uh, do um, a lot of work down there. You know, painting schools and helping mm-hmm. out and, and doing services for the church down there and okay. um, just building testimonies and mm-hmm. and helping.
0: So you were raised with the Word of God, knowing the Word, going to church, being studied. Tell me exactly, so. yeah. Tell me exactly. This morning you came up, and I was just so floored, and also just overjoyed that number one, someone else actually, you know, saw some things that are exciting to me. But number two, that we are able by just talking about these things and asking people to search them out that that um, that it was helpful to you. So. Tell me your stand, or or your early questioning, as you said early on about. And, and
1: I want to throw something yeah. in this real real quick, just to say that you know none of us are even talking because we were like questioning with a um, or this topic, trying to like challenge for the sake of being controversial or right, argumentative. No. no, it's just that as and and Caleb and I had a chance to visit before we were recording, and I hope you feel comfortable sharing whatever you want to share, Caleb. But the fact that I think it's just more that all of our hearts are at this place where we've all had unanswered questions mm-hmm. and and the ways Definitely. and the ways people were kind of addressing some of the topics of things of spiritual nature didn't always fill in all the blanks and and so in talking I think that's where Mike and I kind of started realizing that Man, have you felt like this wasn't ever quite completely answered? It's like, yeah, I felt like that was too, and then opening the Word and you find out, man, there's some beautiful truth here. So that's what we mean by questioning, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And no, uh, and it wasn't like I was running around like I've got to have this answer. It was just always in the back of my mind, or or over here on a shelf. It wasn't uh, something that I was just, uh, you know, going crazy about. But yeah, we, um, I, and we don't want to. Uh, our goal is to have people come to the scriptures and the word of God. Not, we don't want to be like like we said before. We're not the Bible answer man or the you know where people come to us for answers. We want to point people towards the Lord and what the Word says and have an experience with Him because that's the only way um, changes are ever made. Anyway, sure,
2: but, it's just thought provoking what yeah. we can do here and and discuss with each other and yeah, you know, get the juices flowing and hopefully come to a better understanding of where. Right. The truth lies. But right. this,
0: this very topic, though, to me, is one of those topics that is important because it goes to the very nature of God, and I believe it's part of the fullness of the gospel. When um, When we look at it, the way it was given, I think it's – life-changing, especially for people outside of the restoration, you know, who who have always have these logistical questions like, well, my grandfather died, but he never confessed Jesus. So, you know, I know he's in hell, but he was a good man, and they have, they come to this crossroads that they can't reconcile what they're supposed to believe about God being a loving father and then what they've always been taught about the word of God. Well, I don't believe that is correct what they've been taught. I believe the fullness of the gospel fills in incredibly a very loving God with a very loving plan that starts out by telling us only the sons of perdition are not saved and then goes on from there. So Caleb, tell us what you thought and what you went and asked a question a couple of times when you were younger and, and sure. got some responses,
2: and tell us. Sure. So uh, I guess this kind of all started back when I was somewhere around 14 in my teenage years, and, um, you know, I'd gotten, you know, growing up in the church, you'd hear several times about the glories and and what we can be saved to as an eternal reward, and, you know— whether we're going to be in the celestial with God or the telestial or terrestrial or, you know, what what are we right. going to have? God, and, Jesus, or the angels. Right, right. right. And so, um, you know, wanting to uh, know more about that and, and figure out, well, you know, I'm never going to be happy unless I'm with God, you know, eternally. So what do I need to do to make sure that I'm going to be in there? What boxes do I need to check? And we kind of talked about that in class this yeah. morning where, Hey, you know, give me that checkbox of, you know, where's my list of here. I can check all this off and I know I'm okay. You know, and yeah, much in class, you know, it's not really a checkbox, right? It's, you know, we need to be with God and in the spirit and having a personal relationship with God. And mm-hmm. it, it's not the old law anymore. It's, it's, you know, yeah. where's my personal relationship. And so, I ended up talking to, um, several people and, um, they were all, you know, seniors in the church or elders in the church. And, um, I talked to this one individual and asked them if, you know, um, if we are, um, going to be saved to one of these glories, you know, how does that play into, um, Matthew, Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16 which talks about the parable of the workers in the vineyard and because as I read that you know you you talk about the worker who comes in and he's getting paid the one talent to go work in the vineyard and and do the harvest and then somebody else comes much later in the game and he also gets paid the same amount as the original worker And, and the original worker was a little upset with that you know hey I've been here a lot longer why am I only getting paid the same thing and um you know it, it's like well if you if you equate that to the reward that we get for obeying god then we all are going to enter heaven and that is our reward and it you know it didn't say you know this person got paid two talents and this person got paid one talent and this person got paid three talents right is everybody got the same reward for that and so i was talking with them and and they said you know there's a long discussion there about how we can um uh, find different scriptures that talk about the glories and, and I don't recall those off the top of my head, but um, they, uh, you know, I still said, you know, I, I don't see how that works together. And he's like, well, if you look at it this way, you know, you've got people like Mother Teresa and Billy Graham who have dedicated all of their life to working, um, you know, with God and in devotion to God. And would you put yourself on the same level as they are and 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 earning the same reward and and I looked at him and said you know from this scripture I would say yes I I do because I'm still going to get the same reward of living eternally with God that they are because we both decided to do God's will and you know maybe I uh, I didn't do as many works as they did I guess you could say I didn't you know um, I didn't save as many people I didn't you know, convert as many people, however you want to say that, as they did, um, and do as much for mankind as they did. But you know, we're not all called to do the same thing. <laughs> in the fact that every one of us is going to do the same job. Yes, I do believe we're all called to spread the word of God and talk to people and 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 bring them into God. Right? You know, to well, I guess that's not our choice. It's we plant the seed and then God makes that right. seed grow. And so, um, you know, I, I said, yeah, I think we did. And it it just didn't sit right with me. And, you know, that was a long time ago. And, you know, just like you said earlier, things just kind of Turning in the back of my mind, and I never really had an answer that made sense to me. Because you
1: said, you said, yeah, I think I'm gonna end up there. And what was the other person's response to that when <laughs> Do you you're you you know, on the same yeah. level? As they, yes, they I didn't
2: did. have much to say after that. You know, they just like, you know, why don't you go think about this? It's a big topic. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I was young; that's just fine. So I, I did definitely need to put some thought into it. And but yeah, it, it ended the conversation there pretty quickly. Um, I love that
0: response, though, especially. You know, not coming from an arrogant place, or yes, I'm a great person. Let me show you everything I'm doing. But just from understanding God's love for you and all of His creation, to be able to respond that way—that wow. just shows wisdom to me. Like, yeah, I do think we're yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, this is what the word by. says,
2: right? I don't know how wise I was at that age. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we get sillier the older we get. So maybe you still have some some wisdom lingering on. <laughs> um, no, that's a. That's a great response, think Corey. Think of the or what are the assumptions that are made just from that response by that person to you, where they said, "Do you think you're on the same level as Mother Teresa?" Who have get done? Look at how many assumptions are being made there. What what I mean by that i I mean that's assuming every one of us that comes into this world is created exactly equal. If you're going to start comparing rewards based on. What you've done? Like, who takes out Billy Graham's trash? I, know. I mean, if he's spending his time traveling around, <laughs> someone I mean, serving Billy Graham. Can you imagine everything piling up? And 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 that person that's going around collecting trash throughout the day—are they not worthy of a celestial kingdom because they haven't baptized mm-hmm. anybody or preached mm-hmm. to millions? I mean, mm-hmm. think about the assumptions that are made there.
1: Yeah, and you know, just take an extreme. Like, here's Mother Teresa, who's who's taking in the the poor, indigent people, and she's got nothing but her love to offer, and yet helps so many people people with with no means. And and then we've got someone like Caleb who's who's building bombs. But yeah, you think about it, you're keeping a nation safe, hundreds (laughs) of millions of people, and you're keeping peace in the world by, you know, whatever means. But the whole thing is two Pretty opposite jobs, you know, but Very the whole thing up. is you're serving humanity with your gifts and talents. And I mean, and, in, and, in, and in your pursuit, I know you, you aren't arrogant and don't want to share this, but you've got what, three degrees at least masters and so it's a couple of different masters. And I yeah. mean, and you've, you've dedicated your life to learning so you can put learning into play to serve other people. Mother Teresa did the same thing. She, she took the gifts and talents and she looked around She said, what can I do? And this is what I can do with what I've got. That's how we serve God. You know, that's this is service to God. And you're you're so right, Mike. You can't say the on any level the playing field has been equal for any two humans ever, ever. But in the end, and this is only for God to judge, but this is why God made it this way. The only judgment can be is did our heart change because of the love that God showed us? Did we love other people in return? That's the only way we can be judged. Equally is that individually in our life, did you show love or did you show, you know, self, you know, y- y- did you live selflessly or did you live selfishly? You know, I guess that's what sure. it comes down to, right? Yeah.
0: Another assumption from that line of thinking, I believe, is this. Um, we are assuming that, I mean, it's almost like, well, I don't need a Savior. I, yeah, Jesus came down and he died for me right. uh, because there had to be an atonement made. But um, but after that, I don't need a Savior. I just need my
1: checklist. I right. can, I
0: can um, become like Mother Teresa or do so many good things. Well, as we talked about today, I don't think repentance or the opposite of repentance, being good, has anything to do with what I'm doing, but it has to do with who I am. Yeah. And repentance, we always want to look at what did I do? What did I do wrong? And really the question is, who are you? What were you that led to that? And we talked about like in healthcare, Corey, today, you know, someone goes into the emergency room and says, man, I got this terrible headache. And the doctor gives them some pain medicine and Tylenol and sends them on their way. That's kind of like we treat repentance, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, you've got this pain, we're going to fix it. But the question is, well, what are you? What is your body? What's going on? Well, let's scan your head. Oh, you've got you are bleeding in your brain. Mm-hmm. We need to fix what you are. You're, you're, you're this creature is bleeding in their brain. Let's fix mm-hmm. the problem, and then we don't have to worry about the headache. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we treat repentance. It's like I've got to repent of my sins. We say that all the time. Well, you got to repent of who you are, which yeah. means you need to change. Which means we got to get rid of this. I'm sorry, and listing out things to God. He knows all that and get more into this mode of, I got to quit being carnal, sensual, and devilish. Mm -hmm. And so, Caleb, what do you think about the scripture that says all fall short of the glory of God? Like, how much effort do we spend trying to prove to ourselves and other people that we're okay?
2: (laughs) uh, Yeah, I agree, we do. It's probably important to realize that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other, that we just need to compare ourselves to God and realize that we're always going to fall short you know, mm-hmm. when we can do that. And, you know, in my mind that helps me stay more humble and, you know, more forgiving of hopefully, you know, all the people that come across my path. And and so, you know, we all look to, I guess, do the best we can and mm-hmm. keep things in mind.
1: Uh- I was just going to ask real quick, you know, I think we cut you off. You're telling us a little bit about your story early on, and I wanted you to include something I don't remember because we talked a little bit before we were recording. Um, you you have a chance to kind of worship and serve with some people who, uh, who attended an Assembly of God church, but you also get together with some other people too. And, and tell us about that real quick.
2: Uh, yeah, once a month uh, I meet up with several couples that uh, we all go down to Mojave and meet kind of in the middle ground. Um, and so we have uh, friends that come up from – um, L.A. Stuart and Sandy Blashill, and then uh, we have uh, a couple of couples that uh, come from Ridgecrest with me down there, and we all meet at um, Morris's house. And so, um, you know, we've got Jim and Marietta, and then also um, Dave and Sue Seibold. And, and you're
1: you're all what uh, restoration?
2: You so said yeah. You we think? have restoration. We have Temple Lot, and we have Coc, and. I think that's it. Yeah, and then
1: and you guys worship and have communion. We together, do. We right? have yeah. communion,
2: and then we have um, one every Sunday. Somebody or every time we meet, somebody takes a sermon, and then we have a class that uh, Dave has been teaching. Wow, wow, you know?
1: that's cool. You know, I I just love that that you reach out. You know, it's not like even though living on the other side of the country, you haven't been able to find people of, of you know. Uh, no, I'm not, I don't even like to say of, of the faith because it's faith in Christ wherever you're at. But the fact is, you know, that the people that have the Book of Mormon and believe and you can right. share in that common Very much similar beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's neat that you make that effort too because I think a lot of people would just end up feeling isolated or not knowing what to do.
2: But, sure. Yeah. And it was definitely a definite blessing that uh, they got introduced to me. Um, I believe it was through friends back here in Independence who either knew the Seibolds or, um, I can't remember. Anyway, it was a while ago, and it was probably I was probably out there a year before I uh, found that group mm. and started being able to attend with them. Mm. So, mm. But yeah, I was very grateful for it. Well, yeah, that's very cool.
0: And- Caleb, when you came up to me this morning after Sunday school, and you, and you said, "Well, I'm really been enjoying the podcast, and um, especially on eternal life," and that's where we got talking about some things. Tell me, um, tell me, what were some of the things you heard that started to open your mind? Because you said you were actually searching in other churches trying to reconcile what you believed the Scripture said to the way we taught certain things. So, tell me about that.
2: For sure, um, I guess it's fair to say that you know, since I've been attending RCA, um, they're very, very good at at um, I guess realizing what's important, and they push all the time that you know, it doesn't matter if you're a drug addict, if you're, you know, homosexual, or if you're, you know, it doesn't matter, right? It's all sin in the eyes of God, and that we are all sinners, and that all should feel welcome when you come to church. This is His house, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, that you can come here and find God, and that everybody has that right, and they're very open about that, and I really like that about them, because, you know, I don't know. Growing up, and I'm not going to say that this is. Um, just say you it. know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to say that it's the church's fault that I grew up, grew up in that you know instilled this thinking. I'm just going to say that I ended up thinking, you know, at some point, and, and many people do. I think that. You know there is sin that's greater than another sin, and then we kind of level it. You know, you know I, I didn't murder somebody; I just used it for a few swear words. That's that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not as bad as that person is, and yeah. that's you know, a
0: global condition, not it, not yeah. just the rest. Yeah, yeah, so it, it kind
2: of is. So yeah. and and so it's it's hard to turn away from that thinking, but we need to. It's like you know, it doesn't matter what the sin is; it's still sin, and God looks at that all equally in my eyes. And you know, He's willing to forgive all of us if we come to Him. You know, it's He's. Proven that time and again that it's, you know, I will forgive you. Just do, you know, follow my commandments and, you know, here's my will, you know, and we try and live to that will as best we can. Then his grace will cover us. Yeah. So.
1: You know, that was a new, I I, I can't say, I I don't know. I just, I've said it before. The Book of Mormon's become like a new new book to me and just rereading it again because of the understanding of what you just said that, you know, you said, well, it's not really a difference in sin. You know, I'd heard the scripture, God doesn't, can't allow the least degree of sin. And it's like, okay, I get that. But the the underlying issue seems to be different when I read the Book of Mormon in that all humanity was destined to spend eternity away from God. And that's that's what the Book of Mormon teaches, that we all, because of sin... The the sentence was already written that we weren't going to be able to be with God. And this whole idea of his mercy wasn't just that, okay, we're going to walk before him and he's going to do a thumbs up to Caleb, thumbs down to Corey, thumbs up to Mike. You know, it's like, okay, you go here, you go there. It's not like he is this fickle judge. It's that, no, we were all sentenced to be away from him. So he did what he had to do. And that was to die for the price of all sin, not to try to rank certain sins because, you know, the littlest of sin wasn't going to allow us to be with him. But that wasn't the point. It was that... All sin was the problem, and he died for all of that and it wasn't just that well I overcame three sins, but I didn't overcome the fourth or this or that or the there It's like no he he had to die for every one of them right you know but I'm sorry Keep no going. no it's yeah. again
2: uh, one of the other things that you know uh, I really like about RCA is that um, they're very action oriented and I believe that faith is a very action based word and so they're very. Active in trying to get the congregation active and making sure that people are, you know, participating in church. You know, they understand that, you know, a church can't be run by a few individuals. And, and in their circumstance, they they get paid to be a pastor for the church, which is slightly different than the way things happen right. here. But um, you know, they they got to have that participation by the membership to know run their kids world and make sure that there's a nursery every week and that they can have teachers for the kids and the people that run the sound and their live stream and they have a full band up front so they have people that play in the drums and the guitars and playing the keyboards and singing and and so they're volunteering their time each week and and we also go out into the community a lot and and try and um help people out in the community like we did a cleanup day not too long ago where we went out and just you know, either people who are unable to because they're handicapped, or they're just elderly and they weren't unable to. So we went out into the community and we cleaned up yards, picked up trash, and just tried to be servants of the community. and And that was a great day. You know, we had a lot of fun doing all that, and hopefully bore a testimony to those people that you know God's there for you. You know, and we invited them to church. And um, there's also a really great program who uh, that the church got involved with uh, called city serve. And basically what it is, is they've gotten Costco and I believe a few other stores, or they're trying to get other stores on board to get things that have either been like returned because there was something wrong with it. So they get returned to the store or things that have gone out of date and, but are still good. And all that stuff gets put to a warehouse where we can then distribute it to the community. So we get 18 wheeler trucks that uh, come, I think, monthly, and they're just loaded with all this stuff, and then they get the uh, the body of the church to just pick something out of that group and take it to someone. If mm. you know someone who's in need of something, grab it and take it to well, them, and then be a blessing unto them, right? Yeah, so yeah.
1: Go out and be the church. Be yeah. the
2: church, right? Yeah. And so they push that a lot, and, and I love that about the church, and it's real easy to get selfish with your time and be like well you know I would but I've got to get this done and I got to get that done I've got the cleaning to do and the kids are you know mm-hmm. need to get taken care of not that I have kids but that's mm-hmm. okay. uh, I understand that you know lives get busy but it's important that we exercise our faith because if you're not exercising it it's not growing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and it's a very action based word so you got to be out there spreading the word and and doing what you can
1: mm. that's that's great that you're involved and you found a group of people that want to be involved when you say exercising your faith and
0: action word, you know we're told in the scriptures Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, and um, I don't know if Corey and I ever succinctly just summed up what what we had been you know talking about with all of the scriptures, but basically rather than having these final rewards, you know, at when you die, that you're sent off to live in this, you know, we'll just say the sun glory or celestial, you know, where you're with the Father or you're sent to the terrestrial world where you can be with Jesus, but not with the Father based on what you've done, or the telestial world where you can be amongst the angels, but not with Jesus or the Father. And yet ministry continues and such, if that's the way you look at it. And we believe the scriptures are not saying that at all, but rather, that's just talking to the resurrection, but rather in the very end, you're either with the Father on his right hand or you're a son of perdition, and that everything after the time that you die on the other side of the veil um, is uh, is geared towards that, whether it's suffering in the prison house as you learn um, and, and come forth at a later date as we show through history people have come forth from the prison house. Those are the type of things um, that we talked about, and we use the Book of Mormon uh, for the first two or three episodes to go through those scriptures first and then read later on revelations and the doctrine and covenants to through that lens to see if they, you know, coincided or not. So, um, does that, uh, do you have questions or do, or, you know, if you wanted to talk about eternal life, like any things that are on your mind now that you're thinking about, or does
2: that make sense to you more than? I definitely did it. And to be fair, I haven't actually finished the series yet. That's okay. Oh, so no, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's <a> spoiler. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. I, uh, but, you know, just from hearing the first few podcasts that you talked about that, it, it definitely laid it, in my mind, flat to where I could understand it, and, and everything seemed to agree with each other of, you know, all all the scriptures, right? It's, it mm-hmm. wasn't just, you know, this one makes sense with this one, and, well, I'm not sure about that one because we we have an understanding, we don't have an understanding of that one yet, so it... it it seems to me, in my mind, that when when you guys had talked about that, that everything just got laid flat in front of me and and made sense.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Don't to, you got know, anything, Corey?
1: Oh, I, I just. I don't know, for me, I've just found it so refreshing to come back to the Book of Mormon, and I've tried to just use it as my standard when I've had a question to say, okay, what does the Book of Mormon teach? And then decide if this is the purest Word of God that we've got, yeah, I know not everyone in the world believes that, but but I do, and I know people in the Restoration, if they don't hold that in the forefront of their mind, it should be at least a consideration that it's not just a, an equal book. It's even It's got less interruptions and intrusions of, of the thoughts of man, we believe, so, I start there with my understanding, and then I try to compare the other scriptures back to that and that's helped me you know just and then you see things plainly these parallels in the scripture that you're on the right hand of God or you're on the left hand of God, your sins are either washed clean or you remain unclean. You know, you're saved in the kingdom of God or you're not in the kingdom of God. These are all messages from the Book of Mormon, you know, and that's, it it doesn't get plainer than that. When you look at
2: that, you realize, okay, this is the path forward. This is what God wants us to understand. Sure. And to be honest, this isn't the only set of podcasts that have helped me. Um, You had earlier on in the series, uh, several podcasts on um, works, grace, the law, and Jews. you really have been listening wow. yeah. <laughs> you've heard more than I have, <laughs> but that one specifically has helped me a lot just because you know the groups that I interact with, they don't all have the same background. they definitely don't believe in the Book of Mormon yeah. um, and and help having those podcasts um, helped, I guess straighten out my thoughts and and more organize them and it's helped me in sharing how we look at grace. And yes, we do believe that grace is the only reason that we're saved, but works are important. Not that that's, what's going to save us, but that that's, you know, when you, you've come unto God and, and you've had a change of heart that these works are going to flow out of you. And it's not because of the works you're saved. It's, it's just a result of what the commitment you've now made that you're going to do. And, and, and it's helped immensely just with talking with people and organizing my thoughts and and trying to explain how I think about things. Mm. So again, yeah. thank you for that. Cause that's, no, I that's, love that's, Thank
0: the Lord. Corey pointed out very, when we started that, he said, I'm not even going to agree that the premise of the argument is correct. And that's where it opened my eyes. And I'm like, people are arguing about doing works and being saved by works. And the fact was that, Every time you were reading that in the Old Testament, not every time, but most of the time you were reading that in the New Testament, they were referring to sacrificing animals, the law of Moses. That was the works they were talking about. And so people have been arguing through the you know, last few decades about grace versus works, and they're not even arguing about the correct thing, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. we're reading someone else's mail that's 2,000 years old and think we know what the conversation was about. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, yeah. That was, that was good. Yeah. um, I think brother Corey's done a great job of um, bringing out the law of Moses as being the
1: works it was referring to. And well, you know, I, and I really, I appreciate the kind words, but I I don't deserve them. I, I was visiting as Caleb and I were had a chance to visit in the car on the way over. um, You know, years ago, uh, a man who was my uh, spiritual mentor to many people and I just kind of love to hear him teach um, Jim Robbins. I'll mention his name. He had um, he had p- passed on early, you know. He was he was taken uh, suddenly, but he was a teacher uh, that I really admired because of his scriptural knowledge, and even I was mentioning to Caleb that uh, in the end of his life, you know. He, He was the most scripturally literate person I knew, um, but he had more questions than he had answers. And one of the the things we talked about, I remember in his class, and he didn't offer the answers necessarily, but just these questions about things like grace and works. And I can remember just before he passed on, I was was so honored I didn't want to do it. He was ill and wasn't able to teach, and he asked if I would teach his class. And I was like, if he knew Jim Robbins, there was no one who was going to teach like Jim Robbins. And that was how I actually got started teaching was because he had his last class that he ever talked about was this question about grace and works and i'm going to tell you the timing of this you know so i do computers and engineering and stuff like that there wasn't any scriptural online database at the time uh, for the rlds scriptures and i just made my own because i i knew i could get a digital copy of the 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 data, you know, the words, the verses, and I, and I just put them into a form, and It was literally just on my own computer and it sat there for a long time. And so the reason I'm sharing this is because Jim was talking about grace and works and what it all meant and had more questions than answers and, and was literally just entertaining the question in class. Are we saved by grace or are we saved by works? And there are people who offered opinions, but no conclusion. Well, the very first day I got this scripture search working and this is more than 20 some years ago on my own computer it wasn't on the internet yet the very first words I started searching for was works and grace and all of a sudden I started seeing all these different scriptures from the book of mormon and from the bible in a way that I'd never seen before because they're all laid out together and then it started to become clear and I the only reason I'm sharing this and I don't, I don't want to belabor the point is that it was this man passing the torch to he wanted me to teach his class and I was just too humbled I didn't want to do it I said no Jim you know Priest is supposed to just help the elder. Well, we, we, would you help the elder by teaching the elder's class for me? You know, I was like, so the very first thing I ever did was take this list of scriptures that I had found and I said, hey, look at what all this says about grace and works. And I remember the last conversation, it had one of the last, Jim and I said, I've never seen this before. You know, how the Book of Mormon answered this question about the works of the law of Moses. That's where it just spelled it out so clearly. And it was just a, a, an amazing Moment for me to realize, man, the scriptures have these answers about things that we're arguing about. Just because, like Amos, I think wrote, "My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge," and mm-hmm. you know, we we just think we we think we understand a premise of an argument and we go with it, and it's really not the issue at all. So, anyhow, just a little background there. But um, for me, the only real answers haven't come from me. It's just the fact that looking through these scriptures, scripture searching helps, but reading in context, there's no replacement for that either, but that's where the answers are. You start finding what those, the writers through time have been inspired to write by God. And it's like, they've been telling the straight story all along. We just haven't been reading it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of scriptures to be fair and to keep <laughs> yeah, all that in your mind but, and not have a, a nice scripture search online, yeah. or you know, it, it helps organize the, the thoughts for me. So yeah. But,
0: yeah. Well, Have you thought about technology, God being all wise and all-knowing and omnipotent, knowing that in the last days there's going to be work to go forth and a lot of work to be done, knowing that technology would abound at that time and that there's ways to understand it? And, And he's pieced out his word through the ages with different men, and yet we have the ability to bring all of that word together and organize it in a way I wonder if uh, you know that was all part of his his plan because like I think one of the best things Corey does is he is able to pull information from different sources and show how they relate and how they're all talking about the same thing. Sure, and that's where we got with Eternal Life was able to take these messages from Alma and, and Abinadi and the Book of Mormon and. And then tie them into what we believe in Latter Day Revelation. And it's like, oh, now I see the similarities. Now I see where we're going with that. It sheds light on it. Um, I know it helps me immensely. Yeah. I I remember Arthur Starks was the one that did the one of the first compendiums of yeah. the scriptures. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad either took me to their house when we were very young or told me about this. I don't remember, but I do remember the story of when he was trying to make those compendiums. He had three by five cards, and he would have like a word, you know, like house or whatever or mercy, and these cards, I guess, were laid throughout his entire house. And every time he would write another scripture, he would have to go over and put it in that pile, and it just took up the entire house if you can imagine what dedication wow. i used yeah. to
1: have a copy of that and it's exactly yeah. yeah yeah my gosh yeah the 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 lives people would give just to doing that you know you know you think back to the early days of even the uh, whoever the monks were who hand rewrote scriptures you know one and they would give their life to just writing a volume you know and now you can put a all <laughs> this is to our condemnation though i'm i i got to say this because you know it's the fact that we can look around and even in our room right now, we have three, four, five different devices that we could open up every scripture and search every one of them on. But if those scriptures don't penetrate our hearts, you know, there it's- if it it's doesn't a, make a difference. It doesn't then. make a difference. Yeah. You know, I was just uh, thinking of this scripture in the Book of Mormon where uh, Jacob, the the brother of Nephi is writing and he says something pretty profound. He says, uh, well, I mean, it's all profound. I don't mean it that way, but he says, uh, we search the prophets. We have many revelations, the spirit of prophecy and these witnesses We obtain a hope and our faith becomes unshaken in so much. And this is the part that gets me that we can truly command in the name of Jesus and the very trees obey us or the mountains or the waves of the sea. You know, that scripture doesn't get quoted a lot because it's, it's kind of condemning because you think these are people who did not have technology. They did not have scriptures in front of them and behind them. They probably, many of them never even had a printed written and metal plates, anything They just heard the word and decided to act on it in a way that they were fully changed and fully convicted. And what's the response? They obey, the trees obey us, the mountains and the waves obey us. I mean, no one with their iPhone is saying, here, let me search these scriptures so I can command the waves of the sea. You know, no one's doing that right now in our day. So that's why I say this is to our condemnation if we have it all and aren't changed by it, you know. Mm. But anyhow, not yeah. to not to bring a somber tone to us, but let's. Uh, we want to keep hearing your your story, Caleb, and, and your thoughts.
2: Hmm. I don't know where where <laughs> do we want to go from here. what are we going?
0: They'll put all the pressure on you. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts or questions um, on anything really? Not just hmm. eternal life. Or?
2: well, there was uh, an episode before the grace and works. Uh, you talked about baptism, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the question would be, do you need to be baptized to enter the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. Because I know that the thief that was hanging on the cross next to Jesus was not baptized, yet he got into paradise that day with him. Is that a an ability to possibly get baptized after you are? I think we
0: have to be careful about the thief because we we have such little knowledge about that. And I don't know if he was a lifelong follower of Christ who was just done some things that weren't right and was baptized or he wasn't baptized, but um, we don't know that about him.
2: I guess that's true. Yeah,
0: we don't know that about him. So to assume too much about his life would be a mistake, and God gave us what we did need to know. But the Book of Mormons, Corey's probably got it pulled up already. I don't know, the eighth chapter her own
1: eye on it, yeah. You know, so to take the word for what the word says, it, it talks about this process, um, and and the process is is needful because it's what God said. But there's symbols in it, and you know, here's here's how I see it all. You come to when you've asked baptism, I'm assuming you're talking about water baptism, right Correct. Is that, yeah. yeah, and so there's the scriptures talk about two baptisms, though, they talk about the water baptism and they talk about the the spiritual baptism. And so, my answer to anyone is: Do I need to be baptized? Well, the answer is yes, because Jesus commanded it and and ordered it, and it's part of the process of salvation. But the but the deeper question becomes: But why? You know, why did he Why did he do that? And and so, a lot of churches in our day want to say, Well, it's just a work, and therefore, if you go back to the works argument, that works work is what saved you, right? Right, but that work is, is what saved you,
2: exactly. And and you, have you heard that? I
1: mean, you oh yeah. Well, that,
2: so I'll give a little background. The reason I ask this question is because. Um, a lot of people that I deal with, like I said earlier, don't use the book of Mormon. They don't believe in sure. it. And so it's hard to talk with people about the importance of baptism. Yes. They believe it's important because they saw Jesus do it and we should follow his example. But, um, you know, they, they definitely have a different belief system and it's not like I can say, Hey, let's go read these scriptures in the book of Mormon and and they're going to be okay with that. Right. right? Exactly. So it's trying to explain it to them from a, a Bible standpoint and, um, and come to the same understanding. Sure, sure. it's very difficult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's like, you know, if you want to just look King James scriptures, are there some that say commanding baptism? Yeah, I think it's the last verses of Mark actually say, you know, he who is not baptized, or he who is go out and convert the world, and he who is baptized shall be saved, and he who isn't shall be damned. I mean, yeah, does it say that? Yeah. But again, I come back to why. Part of it, I mean, if we just accept the fact that, well, God said it and we should do it, and that's good enough. But, but I know people want more than that. They want to know that it's not just a work and, but your question, and it's really the heart of this is, will people be saved if they weren't? And so um, there's a couple, there's a couple things that that all brings up. Um, My, my answer unequivocally unequivocally is, yeah, we should be baptized and God wants us to be baptized. But the greater question is, is why. And so when to pick on Joseph Smith for a minute, when he was vulnerable many times, and you know, I think he was as transparent as, as one can be at times um, and have all this responsibility placed on him. He showed his vulnerability, I think, in, in one aspect early on. And I can't, I could bring it up on a restored gospel history search probably, but I, I won't spend the time with it. But yeah, I think it's in his memoirs early on when the book of mormon came forth and people were reading it and people were getting this idea that yeah the gospel's restored and there's plain and precious truth here and and the church was restored and they were they felt like the church had to be restored so the baptism by authority was restored okay and that that was a needful thing that they felt was restored but then joseph has he shares this vision where he saw the celestial realm And he saw his brother, and his brother was named Alvin. Alvin had died before the restoration got into full swing. So like many people had been taught over their years, the the reason I'm in the church, by the way, you know, Caleb, is because I had a great-grandmother who asked this question about her sister, who she had been told, because of her Christian upbringing, your sister wasn't baptized before she died, therefore she's in hell. That was what my great-grandmother had heard her whole life. My grandmother's dream and vision after she heard the restored gospel being preached by by ministers in her in her little town in Michigan, was that no, there is hope for people after. And she had she prays about this. Lord, is this true? And and she has a vision, my great grandmother did, where she saw her, her sister come in to her at, in the dream, in the vision and say, I'm at peace and this is the truth. And she she wasn't sure how that could be if baptism was required. Well Joseph Smith has the same experience. And he even writes, he said, I didn't understand it, but I saw my brother in the celestial realm where God is in this vision. And he had died before this whole uh, work had started. So how could that be? Um, Is it saying baptism isn't required? God's still about changing our heart. And it's not so much about the checklist that we've always wanted to make it seem. And if someone has a pure heart, you know. I don't know, was Mother Teresa baptized? You know, maybe as a as a two-day-old two baby, like so many, but did right, that mean? Sprinkling. Right, right, right. But did that count? I mean, it, or was that just a formality that men did, yet you look at the life of Mother Teresa and you think, is God going to say, ah, you go on my left hand, you didn't, you know, do this. It's like, I mean, how how can we be that kind of a cruel judge? We wouldn't anticipate God would. So, right. you know what I'm I'm getting at is this. It still always comes down to the change of heart. And whether or not... Some people have been blinded by the craftiness of men. That's a scriptural term, to think, oh, I don't need baptism. But they're out there taking food to the homeless. You're out there in this in the middle of the desert taking food to homeless people with people who who are trying to serve God to the best way they know how. Is God gonna like condemn them to hell because of that maybe a doctrinal understanding they haven't come to? I don't I don't think so. But to me the The Book of Mormon and Mike, you're already going here. Explains fully the process is we, we come to him by faith and belief. We we come to him by desire to change. That's the change of heart. We demonstrate this through what we call repentance. We we say to the Lord, I want to make a covenant with you, and we witness that the the baptism is is a symbol of two things. Really, one we think of it as being dead and coming out of the grave. You know, that's like one symbol. But Genesis through Adam's account tells us. Another very very powerful symbol, and we lose this sometime, It's I believe it's in Genesis six, where he says this is also symbolic of birth and new birth, the, the water and, and everything coming forth. So the the death to life and the birth to life all comes through this baptism. But that's when we seal our covenant. That's when we make a public confession. That's when we do a work. This is what circumcision was in the Old Testament days, where. Okay, you're doing something that's irreversible here. That skin doesn't go back on, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so we've made a change now, and that was how the people marked themselves differently. They did something in the flesh physically that was to, to mimic something spiritual. When we say we're baptized... We're taking on the name of Christ, and then that's that's the day we can say, "Hey Lord, I I believed, I followed, and I even made that step." It's kind of like you know, if if you married someone, could you say you were married to him if you just liked them and you knew them, but you had never stood at the altar and exchanged rings and all? You know, that's the part of the covenant, right? Right, but. At the whole time, it doesn't mean your love for that person is or isn't there. My, my feeling is that God loves us regardless, and he looks at the change of heart. But the proper way is to have the baptism by water, and then typically we say the baptism by the Spirit, because one is a symbol of what happens to us physically, that we have this, we profess this faith in a new life, new birth. But the other is the, the spiritual change of our
2: spirit that only happens through God's gift. And we need them both. We, we do need them both, I think. Sure yeah I mean a lot of the times our conversations start out very similar to this of you know we're trying to convince them that baptism is important it's an important step it's a commitment between you and God that you know you're you're um, promising to follow him and his commandments and you know say not not my will but your will and you know the conversation usually dissolves into um, a lot of well, is the baptism necessary you know? And what about the people who never had the opportunity to get baptized, which you brought up too, right? You know, That's there's, right. there's a lot of people who are out there who didn't have that opportunity to get baptized and are they going to be condemned to hell for that? And it's like, you know, I'm, I, I can't say one way or another. And I, I do believe that you're right in that it's, it's going to be between you and God and that it's, you know, if you've got the changed heart, I have a hard time believing God's going to condemn them just because they didn't follow this one step. And it usually ends up, the conversation usually ends around the time of, you know, we're all saying, I'm just glad I don't have to be the judge, jury, and executioner of right, right. this. And it's like, you know, everybody has to work out their own salvation between you and God, but, you know, we're all here to help each other along the way. So, you know, it's, it's just a lot of conversation that mm-hmm. goes that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to not, you know, being able to only point to half of the stuff that I know, you know, because I got the Book of Mormon over here, but it's like, well, they're not going to accept that. So I'll just, Put that right there until I can get them to an understanding that you know this is the word of God also, and so okay, hey, let's look in the scriptures and see what we can find about this stuff. And yeah, um, because
1: the ultimate question is, well, I wasn't baptized, therefore, am I going to hell? You right, know, that, that's what right. people. And it's like and, hey,
2: I can't tell you that for sure, one way or another. And
1: and so, and the beautiful thing about the Book of Mormon is, if if we all were on the same plane with that, we'd agree. Everyone would agree because no one no one contends over the fact that the Book of Mormon teaches, hey, baptism is the part of the narrowness of the way. Right. I mean, right. That we do that. Um, luckily we rely on this God who, like you say, he's the judge, not us. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't tell anyone ever, no, you don't need to be baptized. But, you know, it brings up brings up some good questions. I think that this is one of the reasons, again, why the Book of Mormon came to the Gentiles is because the the Book of Mormon teaches there were plain and precious truths that were misconstrued, changed, altered, retracted, redacted, whatever word you want to use from Scripture to, to make it so that the The way wasn't obvious, and now we've got the way that's obvious. And so to some people that don't accept it obviously, they're still going to take a lot of different arguments that you can go one way or the other with Scripture in the Bible. When you read the Book of Mormon, I don't think there's any question.
0: Well, that's where the the fullness of the gospel comes in in a great way. And and philosophically, early on at the beginning of this, when you asked that question, Caleb, we're used to, to kind of apologizing for the Book of Mormon, for lack of a better word, or setting it aside and then trying to use the tools that the other world, the rest of the world has, you know, that right. they're going to agree to. Yeah, And I th- I don't know that the approach isn't as good or better to say, look, I know you have the Bible, but one of the very core, of like Corey just said, one of the core of our beliefs, we believe the Lord told us that through the years, some very plain things have been removed from this book. And I know you don't believe in the Book of Mormon, but listen to what it says. And like Moroni 8, the first fruits of repentance is baptism. There's no way around that. So if you really want to people say, well, what comes first, repentance or baptism? Well, if you really want to repent, the very first thing you're going to be willing to do is to be baptized. It's the very first fruit of doing that, of trying to live a life like God wants and not apologizing for the Book of Mormon, but rather as as we've looked at the book of mormon says in the last days i will be this it will be the standard for the people to look to to decide what it means to live a righteous life and um it is hard to do you know a book though called the old jerusalem gospel does a really good job of using just the king james version to um discuss why things like baptism and all that are, are good i know uh Friend of mine, Aaron Smith. At one point, we were—he was going to a prison and uh, doing some ministry there and using that book because it was putting some basics of the gospel together. But it is not as easy
1: in the Bible to figure out as it's so plainly put in the Book of Mormon. That's the right. Well, I was going to go to Second Nephi thirteen in the Book of Mormon because here's one of these situations where okay, you know, we can arm ourselves with knowledge, whether or not it reads this way in the Bible. The principle is laid out here so beautifully, and the principle is what matters in the end. And so this these are some of Nephi's last words to the people, and he lays out, and it's a beautiful chiasm, by the way, if you follow that kind of Hebrew poetry where the thoughts are presented one way and then they're presented in the opposite way. But he says this. he, and This is 2 Nephi 13, verse 6 in the RLDS version. I would that you should remember that I have spoken unto you concerning that prophet which the Lord showed unto me that should baptize the Lamb of God, which should take away the sin of the world. So they're seeing this description of John baptizing Jesus. And then he says this, Now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh then, how much more need have we being unholy to be baptized even by water. So, you know, the question they're bringing up, and, and you could bring that up to almost anyone, is that, hey, if Jesus did it, and he even, when John said, hey, I'm not worthy to do this, he goes, no, you have to do this. It's like, if Jesus did it, what does that say about the rest of humanity, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, All right. well, if we don't understand the reason why, maybe we just simply understand the reason that Jesus said it was so needful that you have to do this to me, John, you know? This is a perfect
0: place, I think, to interject the fullness of the gospel, though, about eternal life, because whether or not you have to be baptized uh, is one question. But I think the better or another question as important is just to say, well, you know, we we believe in the restoration due to our scriptures. If people die and they aren't baptized and they never had a chance that there is there's no condemnation, and that's so clear. in the Now, whether or not they're baptized on the other side of the veil or during the millennium, I can't speak to that. Maybe that'll take place, or maybe it was just something that had to be done while you were in the flesh. Maybe it's something that's not needed past the veil. I don't know, but, but there are so many clear scriptures that say and that we believe that teaching goes on and that there's, and well, basically what we say is, you know, once you die, you don't just go to heaven or hell. We believe there's so much more that goes on that, that there's room for, uh, you know, everybody's got that grandpa or aunt, like you said, who was a good person but weren't baptized. And people want to try to connect that philosophy with what the scriptures say. And then so they usually get into a debate on do I have to be baptized or not? Mm-hmm. Which yeah, really yeah. the question is, well, if you didn't understand all of what God wanted you to do, and you've passed on,
1: there's going to be room to understand that. Right. And, you know, this narrow gate that the scriptures talk about, too, the narrowness of the way, the Book of Mormon uses that same language in this. It's 2 Nephi 13, RLDS. It's 2 Nephi 31, if you're LDS, uh, if you're using the LDS version. But, you know, it's interesting because it says, "...notwithstanding he being holy, he showed unto the children that according to the flesh, he one humbled himself before the Father." And witness that he would be obedient unto him and keeping his commandments. So the first thing it lays out, too, in addition to this, uh, you know, he fulfilled the example is he was showing that it was God's commandment he was fulfilling, and the the commandment from God was baptize all the ends of the earth. You know that was that was a commandment, and so he's saying, hey, Jesus obeyed. He he gave. He his will over to God's, but then it's interesting because then it says he showed unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, He having set the example before them, and so this gate you know was this commandment that we were given, so again, you know, does someone get denied being with God because they weren't because of some action of the craftiness of men? Well, I would have to say God's going to judge with mercy because of the changed heart. Um, but did God command that we should be baptized? And is baptism uh, a, a righteous response to part of His plan? Definitely yes. You know, so I, I don't know. I think I think the answers are there. But I, I'm with you that there's there's a lot of areas where you kind of have to scratch your head and you say, but you know, God can't condemn these people to hell, right? You know,
2: right? Yeah. Sometimes fasting and prayer more are needed.
1: Right. Right. That's just a beautiful example
0: to me, with that question of the fullness of the gospel and understanding of eternal life. Because in its most basic sense, what we did in the restoration when we had an increased understanding was we took this tent revival early 1830, type mentality of you know you either baptize and go to heaven or not and you go to hell regardless of
2: anything else right and then you get a lot of people who get baptized but not necessarily had the change of heart right right, right. And, we, and and then
1: right and what which, which is more important right yeah you know. and then the
0: restoration we have this insight and we realize that when your heart stops beating it's not the end of the story that there's a lot that goes on after that and but then we took that story and turned it into something almost worse like yeah you can be saved but you're not really with the father you know and so now you've got this whole other
1: thing like well that's not good
0: news either so
1: right <laughs> well you know it's interesting because when you look back at what the book of mormon teaches by mosiah this is kind of the 30,000 foot view again of the whole life after death the way the book of mormon teaches and really what section 76 is it comes down to, it divides it up into three kind of groups of people who come forth resurrected. This A group, we call it, are the people who did respond and they were baptized, had the Holy Ghost, kept the commandments, and they, they're they resurrected in this millennium and eternal life. And then it shows these ones who, you know, where it says blinded by the craftiness of men, but they're resurrected into the millennium too. And And so I think that category kind of applies for all the people who, what do you want to call it? maybe doctrinally didn't have the full story, but yet they were a good people of the earth. This whole thing of section 76 is saying they come forth in the in the resurrection, right? God is not an unmerciful judge to people who's, who lived good lives, right? And so in the end, he brings them up to speed, I believe, through the millennium, just like everyone who already kept the commandments. I kind of think that's what it's saying. And in the end, you have people who rebelled. They're the ones in the prison house and the ones whose hearts didn't change They're called perdition, but ultimately God's plan is to bring everyone to the change of heart. If we make that choice now and sooner, we're, we're doing the best we can do. If we delay and we think, well, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, maybe, maybe we're judged for being good, but the whole thing is we could also remain in the hardness of our hearts and become more hardened and turn away. And that's, that's where things go South. Well,
0: I guess it's probably time to wrap this up here. Um, at least for this time, we'll pick up next week where we left off. Uh, Caleb, thanks for being with us.
2: Uh, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed uh, all the conversation.
1: Corey, what is uh, what is it we usually say at the end? Hey, we're all just walking each other home, my friend. And it's been good to be here to, with you guys today. Thanks. All right. Until next time, God bless.